Me, 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 me. Mimo loves little hugs no. and kisses with uh, knives oof. in your throat Just imagine in the... your face. Just little... Oh, did I tell you about this? We'll get started at the beginning of the show, everyone. Okay. Crash cool. Street. Crash the Street, James Boom, Dave. Boom, Jimmy. So, <laughs> it was... Um, and I'm watching like all this old shit that like mm-hmm. you know I, I've given a pass on. And, and one thing you get a lot of the old Adult Swim shows on Hulu. Okay. So one of them that I was quite fond of back in the day was Your Pretty Face Is Going to Hell. Never watched it. It doesn't matter. It's basically hell, but it's a bureaucracy, and it's like you know it's 50 minutes, whatever. Okay. So one of the last episodes of the series is there's a room in hell where all the aborted fetuses go because they're not they're not baptized so they can't go to heaven. This is when I was at the worst of the kidney stone sickness, so I'm not feeling well. I'm a little that was febrile maybe. These did you take some antipyretics. <laughs> I did and that might have been part of the problem. And I shall elaborate on part two of the kidney stone story shortly. They're these little like the pu- they're puppets. Fetus puppets and they look like malformed babies and they have names like Star Sparkle and an ice cream rainbow and rainbow dancer. But it's also a weird episode about gun control because all the the uh, the preborn get into guns. And at one point, one has a gun pulled on a doctor and he's like, "In eight weeks, the fetus has like you know death perception. You're looking at my lobes. Are you saying is it seven weeks or eight? Do you feel lucky, punk? But it, they were so fucking creepy. Just the thought of like a little Mimo hands around my neck slowly. Ch- <laughs> so uh, what's up? That. Um. Oh, so much. I mean, I guess that the big thing with me would be the update to the kidney stone story. Kidney stone story part hundred and seven. Feels part like three. Part three. Is it part three? Even? Might be part three. Although technically that last episode I forgot to put up till I realized just now. Oh well. So it'll be up. By the time you hear this, you'll hear that I had a kidney stone. It was a six millimeter kidney stone, mm. which is... It's pretty big. It's pretty big. It's... You must have a very wide urethra. As we discussed, like a Coke can. <laughs> um, so six millimeters is around the size... Five to six millimeters is... Around the, the size where there's like a 50% chance it'll pass. Mm-hmm. To back up, the thing that got me put in the hospital wasn't the kidney stone. It was my elevated creatine. My creatine was high. Creatin. Whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> so 99.9% sure it was be- were kidney stone related because it was high coincidentally while I had this kidney stone. If that kidney, if that creatine level had not gone down, Been like I was, I would be looking at some... May take a couple of like really expensive vacations. <laughs> You've never had a kidney stone, right, Jamie? No, I have not. The two things I'm going to tell you about having a kidney stone is one: if you search for kidney stone on the internet, you're you. It must be such a high-ranked internet search that you get the same five websites. And if you're looking for something specific like kidney stones and constipation, mm. you will not get it because it's not a. Are you shape. constipated? Yeah. Which is unusual because it's usually the opposite, apparently. Yeah, especially that you're drinking so much water. But. Yeah. The other thing is... Decreased bowel sounds. <laughs> All right, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Zim. The other thing is, if you meet someone else who has a kidney stone, they cannot wait to tell you how horrible it is to have a kidney stone. Yeah. Everybody. 
I'm not in any pain whatsoever, which is a bit alarming. Mm-hmm. Also a bit disappointing because I have these Percocets and I'm like, I can't take a Percocet unless I'm in pain. No, I never went on anything heavier than Tylenol. Ooh. Day before Thanksgiving, I go to the urologist where there's a woman in the waiting room who they actually boot for being sick. I was like, oh, this is fucking good. And they're asking her all the questions like, uh, you know, I had diarrhea like, yesterday, but not today. And like, you know, they're asking her a whole bunch of like COVID symptom questions and she's answering yes to every fucking one. And I even said to the the nurse, because she was like, am I wrong? I was like, no, you're not wrong. I was like, I've been dodging this shit for, for what, nine months now, however long it's been. And I, I'll be hell damned if I'm going to get it while waiting in the hospital. Um, anyway, later that afternoon, I have an ultrasound, which necessitates... Drinking 32 ounces of water one hour before your ultrasound and holding it. Oh, God, you must have been in pain. I was in a bit of discomfort, which came in handy. So I go in, a beautiful young lady lubes me up, Mm -hmm. greases me up. This angel goes, we're going to do your full bladder first and then you can empty. And I was like, thank you. So she she takes my under trousers Mm. and pulls... Pulls the band right down, we'll say, to the neck. And then starts, I'll say, gently and sensuously rubbing this ultrasound probe against my tum-tum. And by gently and... Did you get a boner? No, because it was fucking painful. Actually, that wasn't painful. It was super uncomfortable and weird. But I did entertain that thought for a second. I was like, what if I got a boner? This would be so bad. Um, So... um, Ten minutes. So they let me piss. Yeah, we're ten minutes in. They let me make a wee-wee. Mm-hmm. They come back and they do my kidneys. And I'm a bit of a larger gentleman. So in order to get a firm picture of the kidneys, you know, they have to apply pressure. Mm-hmm. And my back was fucking killing me the next day. Mm. So so I'm all greasy and feeling slightly ashamed, even <laughs> though I didn't do anything. And long story coming to an end... <laughs> I apparently had passed the kidney stone at one point and had no idea. Mm. So I'm a lucky duck, even though I am apparently loaded with fucking kidney stones. Mm. The end? Maybe. Mm. So what have you been up to, Jamie? Jamie Jim Jam? School. Mark got hacked for yeah, a so lot of money. Me, yeah. um, so we're, he's working on that. Victor goes back to school on Monday in person. So that's oh, exciting. Was that always the plan? Yeah, that's right. Why? They were in person for like a week and a half. And then well, they made Thanksgiving. And then they had a week of virtual. Yeah. Then they're going back. It's, it's been skyrocketing in Montgomery County. The COVID cases. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else? Um, Chris Newman from 2.5 Children died. Yeah, I saw that yeah. uh, right before he came over. It's a bummer. Yeah. Um, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, music. There was Bandcamp Friday yesterday. Yeah. The last one in um, December or this year. Yeah. So I bought some stuff. Yeah. Bought some Soul Glow. Yeah. Some other one. Um, what else did I buy? Mm. Cruel Hand. If you remember Cruel Hand, hardcore band. I, I reviewed them a while ago. Mm-hmm. They're really they're they're fun band. They just had a new pre order up uh, yesterday mm-hmm. for a new LP that I just ordered mm-hmm. off of. Oh, I can't Static. Yeah. Era records or whatever mm. so check that out it's like limited vinyl they've like two different ones like 150 like neon per- <coughs> pink and the 350 is like it's called beer and black but it's like a really yeah. cool like bronze mm-hmm. color it's pretty cool awesome maybe we should talk about some music i think so so i got i got three ish i have three so let me go first just to go okay. quick. mine aren't really long so 
I know it. Was, I was surprised by two or two. Really? Let's see, like, like my anyway. We'll talk about it. So, um, I didn't buy it on Bandcamp Friday, but my coat hangers reissue came. Cool. So this is the reissue of the coat hangers' first album called the Coat Hangers. Mm-hmm. Back when they were a four piece. And this album, I don't even think, I think the next album, Scramble, was the first one they did with Suicide Squeeze. As the legend goes, they recorded this album in a single night, uh, never intending it to see the light of day except for a few of their friends. Oh, interesting. Now, it's interesting for a couple of reasons, because one, like I said, they were a four-piece initially. Uh, Their keyboardist left in 2013 to go to college. Okay. They're straight up a punk band. It's very, it's almost lo-fi. right? Uh, Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. And so it's very, very stripped down, very low fi They did a video for one of their songs, um, Nestle in My Boobies. Ooh. I can't saucy. tell you what it's about, but it's boobies. It is a saucy song. Like, it made me laugh. And it's footage from one of their very early concerts. That and by concerts, cool. it's it's a basement show. Yeah, that's And it's amazing. Favorite. Like, everyone is, like, packed like sardines. Like, they're actually hunched over because they're... You know, with the riser, yeah. they're close enough. And I was like, oh, that fills me with some some nostalgia. Yeah. Even though I never want to go through it. but <laughs> Well, that might be the state of shows by 2021. Well, well watching on a... Uh, yeah. Or... No, just like, you're going to probably see a lot of basement shows, yeah. like for just local bands. Sorry, go ahead. No problem. You can see their sound evolving even then, but like I said, it is it's a very different experience. I need to listen to it again. I liked it a lot. I haven't listened to them in a while. Hmm. You be. should. I should. I got... um. Did you see on uh, my Instagram, I got the first time on vinyl ever? Yeah, I saw that. Bride yeah. of Frankenstein. I was jealous. Yeah, it was really cool. It actually, um, you had an option to buy it with um, um, the bride's, like a bust of her head uh-huh. or something, but it was like 50 bucks. Uh-huh. Like, nah. But uh, I haven't listened to it yet. I thought it was beautiful packaging and stuff. Yeah. It's very cool. That, that'd be, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> go for it. Me, my turn. Um, hmm, what should I go for first? Let's do. Jessica Lee Mayfield. Mm. Did you ever do anything by her before? She just seemed very familiar. She did seem very familiar. Um, not that I could place. So anyway, she's had a bunch of albums out. She, I read a couple interviews and did some research. And I know she said that she draws on both country and rock. And she's out of Kent, Ohio. Which oh. I was like, oh, cool. Mm. She, actually her family was a bluegrass band. Like, oh, really? her mom and dad. Mm. And she was in that band at eight. And by 11, she was... Um, writing her own songs and knew how to play yeah. guitar. I guess when she was 15, she came out with like an EP or something called White Lie. And then 2008 was her first LP. And Dan Auerbach from the Black Keys mm-hmm. like somehow got a hold of this record. This sounds so fucking familiar, by the way. Maybe I did do... I think you might have. Like you're talking like way back. Anyway. Yeah. And So anyway, he like heard it and was like, oh, like... This girl's awesome, so he was like supporting her and stuff. But she's had four studio albums, and her last thing, her last album, I think, was 2017 called "Sorry Is Gone." Hmm. So anyway, that was um her. It's a, she has a new album coming out called "Emotional Abandon Abandonment." Um, so she released like t- two singles, and it starts with "Daddy Boyfriend," yeah. and it's like this fuzzy alt rock with like this nice hooks going through. It's like kind of creepy mm-hmm. and kind of gross. It's, it's, yeah, I was like. <laughs> But there's just something about it that's just genuinely yeah. catchy and cool. It mm-hmm. does have that like '90s alt yeah. vibe that you're like, this is cool. It's very fuzzy. Um, emotional abandonment. The same like this lo-fi alt rock. It's kind of upbeatish, 
but about being like emotionally abused or in a a bad relationship, Mm -hmm. which kind of works for it. So it's only two songs, but I was really like into it. I was like, this is really cool. As I said, it has like this fuzzy alt 90 sound Mm -hmm. that like, you know, I every now and then want to hear just, you know, feel a wax nostalgia. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward. I was going to buy it. They didn't have anything on vinyl yet. It was just the digital download for like, it's like 17 bucks. I'm like, nah, not for a digital download. So I didn't buy it. So I might buy yeah. a song to ah. to um, send for you. So we can put it in. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I thought it was fun and different. I really liked it. Yeah, it was different. Yeah, I thought it'd be up your alley. Like yeah. two of the things I listened to. Well, that's to. what I was going to say. Yeah, they're like, they're literally like two choices that I would review yeah mm-hmm. but you'll have to go back and we'll have to see if it's a uh, jessica lee mayfield yeah it sounds so familiar yeah um, yeah i'm gonna grab another beer before right. and that came out november 13th uh, um i didn't see a record label she might have been putting it on herself but yeah. it just wasn't listed on her band camp uh-huh. so but check it out like she seems really cool really interesting very talented and really cool voice i can't remember like i get her and the other artist confused is she's the one that like her two they were kind of weezer-esque a little bit a little bit if Weezer, Weezer wrote creepy songs about uh, dating your dad. dad. Alright. You hobble over with my, my grandma foot. You need some geranial diphosphate. What's that? Nothing. It's a, it's a precursor chemical to making cannabis. Well, not cannabis. Ooh. Making a whole bunch of things. I did look into um, what it takes to become a cannabis nurse yeah. to get your certification. So yeah. It's very easy, to be honest. Mm. You just have to like attend a seminar, an eight-hour oh, seminar, man. and then there's like some continuing education. Uh, but I just did a quick One search. One of the people I take the class with is an older woman. Well, she's like probably older compared to me. Mm-hmm. So it means she's at least 32. Two. <laughs> no, but she's, so she's a nurse, and she's recently become a cannabis nurse. And her son is on Epidiolex, which is the anti-seizure med that's made for Oh, okay. I was saying, you see, the House passed uh, statute to legalize uh, I did hear. federal prohibition, mm-hmm. which is predicted to stall in the Senate. But maybe it's coming, maybe it's not. Maybe. All right, what you got? So first, well, second, I guess, <laughs> is a little band called The New... Oh my ruffians? god. Ruffians? The new ruffians, <laughs> I forgot. The new ruffians, this is shenanigans. Mm-hmm. This came out in November. No label. And there was a a band called the Ruffians that I think is the same band, and I think they either broke up and reformed hmm. or not. But that'll happen this year. I was having some trouble determining. Huh. Or possibly there are two bands called the Ruffians from the same part of Ireland that play the exact same kind of fucking music. <laughs> They describe themselves as a heady mix of traditional Celtic music, ska, rock and roll, Indian punk for late night pubs and afternoon garden parties alike. I don't 100% agree with that, but I 80% agree. It is folk folk punk with a very loud folk yes. and a somewhat quiet punk. I agree. I, I Where was the ska song, by the way? No, there's no ska song. <laughs> like I said, this band is out of... Uh, like like Ireland, I forget. Oh, no, I think they're Wolverton. Wolverhampton. Oh, Wolverhampton. Yeah, and then English, they're British. Yeah, it's like to say it's Ireland. It's all the fucking same. Bunch of potato eating, um, tea drinkers. Uh, Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton, Ireland, England. <laughs> it's it's all the same. Go ahead. Anyway, oof, there's a there's oh, a, God. a new ruffian for you. Ugh, 
Gross. I just broke wind, folks. Yes. Something that wasn't happening when I had the kidney stone. Mm-hmm. All right, Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton. It's it's folk punk. It's like in the tradition of something like the Pogues or Flogging Molly. Or Dropkick Murphys. Or Dropkick Murphys. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> you haven't opened that window. I don't smell anything, but I will take You it. and I would do it. New ruffians, folks. All right. I broke wind. And I would say when I first... So I listened to this album a couple of times. First time I listened to it, I didn't hear anything other than traditional folk music at all. Mm -hmm. The second time I did, I could hear where they did transform the songs and sort of put their spin on it. And it's sort of a mixture between original songs, traditional songs, and a couple of covers. Okay. This kind of music you either buy in or you don't. And if you're not into this music, you're never going to be into this music. I think it has a time and a place. Like, I'm not really into this. Mm-hmm. But, like, as I said, it depends where I'm at. Like, if I was at some, like, let's say I was at a bar, like a pub or whatever, and I heard these guys play, I'd be like, oh, these guys are pretty I good. Mean, it's you know very I mean? much a band that plays, like, bars and pubs. You know, that's how they make their money. Yeah. They, just, they put out the CD. Like, I don't know if I'd be popping it on in the car or something, yeah. but it's, like, one of those Well, things. here's my thought on that. It is, in the best sense possible... Excellent background music. Yeah, I can see that. And I don't mean that as a slam. It's a compliment. Yeah, they're it's very good in the... Very the, listenable. It's unobtrusive. Mm-hmm. And it's catchy. They're very good with their instruments and stuff. Mm-hmm. As I said, it's not my bag at times, yeah. but I was like, oh, if I was at a, a bar, I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, these guys are pretty cool, you know? My favorite song... So I have to, my, my favorite song that they actually wrote is Mary Hell. Okay. Which is, guess what it's about, Jamie? Mary? No. And Hell? Um, I don't know. It's about drinking. Oh, okay. Do you know, I can name a song on this. All right, let's play this game. Uh, what do you think um, Tipsy's about? Mm, I think um, the tip of an iceberg. They're talking about the Titanic. No. All these songs are about drinking, silly, and some... Well, most of them are I'm about gonna drinking. I'm going to write a diary one day. Yeah, yeah. That's what... I forgot. What's that from? That's... Tight, tight. That's the, the, the Disney's Titanic. It was an SNL like sketch with yeah, um, I remember like a Disney movie. But it's Anne Frank, and then is it Whoopi Goldberg is the iceberg? I'm, a like, I'm an iceberg. iceberg. Yeah. But Anne Frank is somehow on the yeah, uh, Titanic, where, and goes, I'm going to write a diary one day. And they're like played by Molly Ringwald. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of choruses that go like fiddle little lie, skittle little do, fiddle little lie, skittle do dumb, and your mileage may vary. So other than Mary Hell. Which is about like you know just lit drinking and that's the only reason to live. My other favorite song, probably my favorite song, is a cover called "Millionaires," which was written by a band called Fat Bollard. Hmm. And "Millionaires" is it's sort of a protest song. Oh. Actually, when the Fat Bollard version is much more folky than this version, the New Ruffians version, and it's essentially talking about how I'm not going to loan my, I'm not going to give money to the homeless. Because they're fucking lazy bums. I'm not really? gonna give my well, here's the and I'm not gonna get money to these people because they're lazy and you know shiftless or pockets for heroin. But how I will we will give our money to Walmart to use slave labor <laughs> yep. and you know and then name a whole bunch of UK companies that I assume. But basically, the idea that you're you know people who scoff at helping people less fortunate are perfectly willing to patronize multinational corporations that engage in horrific practices. Of course, you know, what drew me was they used the word heroin. Yeah, it's very no, that's topical good, no. for our day. Yeah, that's cool. So they do, they play out a lot. I guess not at the moment. Yeah. 
they play a lot of covers at I guess at their various venues, uh, and they cover like such bands as the Pokes, the Clash, the Specials, the Dubliners, which I did do before, mm-hmm. Nick Cave, Dandy Livingston, Bob Marley, mm-hmm. yeah, and Booker T and the MGs. That's cool. And they say, if you, if you can't sing along, just drink and hum. That's very much a band that seems to make their living out of doing these shows. Yeah. And I think they even advertise themselves as four middle-aged men. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of funny. It helped me working on this hellish presentation because you could <laughs> no, just... No, I could see that. Go on autopilot. Anyway, the, the, the new ruffians. The new ruffians. Shenanigans. Mine is Hannah Lou Clark. This came oh. out actually in February, but I stumbled oh. across it and I really liked it. Mm. It is HLC taped. Get it? Yeah. Hannah Lou Clark taped. Yeah. So anyway, she recorded the HLC on a four track. Imagine that. Yeah. And it's like alt rock, grunge, folk, indie. And she's out of Fleet, England. Yeah. She started um, with a band called Arthur and Foe in 2005. Mm. And she had uh, she was going by Hannah Shark yeah. then. And then she started this dance rock project called Foe. Oh, really? Well, I guess she was Foe and Arthur and oh. Foe. Um, and then she went solo 2014 with an EP. Mm. Would, I, I just kind of stumbled across this on Bandcamp. I was looking up grunge. I just felt like listening to something different, and this popped up. And there's a video for, I believe, Trigger Happy Kisses, and it's like that bunny. Oh, yeah. She's dressed as like a bunny person. Yeah. And, it's like Frank the Bunny from... Uh, and, and Victor's like, I don't like this. It's creepy. You don't like it. HLC taped a four-song EP, and it starts with Trigger Happy Kisses, and it starts off with this like old Casio keyboard. You're like, yeah, it is super is this, like... Is this uh, Beach House? But this is nothing like Beach House. But yeah, it starts out with this uh, Casio keyboard. It's very lo-fi. It has like this 90s, like really early 2000s singer-songwriter. Like almost... And it's like this sweet, catchy song. It's very underlining, surreal. Yeah, like it's, there's just like an oh. under, like just, I don't want to say evil or anything. It's just creepy. It has like a creep vibe underlining. Just to hit home. So I do want to talk about this keyboard real quick. So I had this really cheap fucking keyboard. I feel like there was a year in the late 80s when every kid got a... Uh, Probably a Casio. Some version. Yeah, Casio. <laughs> I had one. I could not play three. I couldn't figure out. I couldn't play chords because I wouldn't play three keys in a row. Mm-hmm. But what it did do is it had green sleeves was the, uh, you know, pre-programmed song. Yeah. It, it, and that was it. It was like boom, boop, boop, boom. Yeah, and I feel like boom. this was the same fucking keyboard. Yeah, it had to be. Anyway. So yeah, Trigger Happy Kisses. It almost, I, I can't put my finger on her voice. I'm like, is it Tori Amos? It has like a, just. It's a recognizable voice, but not. Yeah, like I'm like, I keep going, like trying to think of. Who she reminds me of her voice. And like this song reminds me a little bit of Tori Amos. My favorite song on the EP is probably Care. And that starts with a drum machine. And it has like this lo-fi guitar, like reminiscence of a of an early Cheryl Crow song almost. And it's simple but catchy. And as I said, her vocals are awesome. They're really great. They're like this indie folky yeah. Julian Hatfield almost esque. Yeah. Tin Chandelier has another like it's just is it acoustic guitar her voice and i think they might have like a drum machine somewhere down the line yeah. in it but it's very like folky it's kind of sad it has a morose feel to it and then uh the last song is called king of the world and that's guitar vocals and tambourine it's like this melodic folk indie like moody song mm-hmm. but all together it's only four songs i really like it it's just different and really, i really did too and it just has like yeah an air to my childhood like that 90s like mid 90s or early 90s sound 
like reminiscent of like Liz Fair, Tori Amos, like early Fiona at times. Um, it's just kind of a breath of f- yeah. fresh air. It's just, it's not like overly fuzzy. And I just think it was super cool. It was recorded on a four track. Hannah Lou Clark, check mm. it out. I think Tori Amos has a biography coming out. Yeah, I'm it? interested to, you know, before I go on, I started reading um, Rust in Peace, Dave Mustaine, like Megadeth. It's talking yeah. about like them writing that album. I think it's Rust in Peace. And um, I'm only like 20 pages in, but they're like going into just Megadeth and just yeah. like, I'm surprised Dave Mustaine is like alive. Oh, just really? all the heroin and, mm. and the cocaine that man has done. But uh, yeah, int- I'll talk a little bit more about it when you're when we're done. All right. Which brings us to... The Electric Mud, which is a bit confusing because there is a band, another band, just simply called Electric Mud mm-hmm. out of Germany. And Electric Mud is the title of, I think, Muddy Waters' like seventh album. Oh, really? This is The Electric Mud, Burn the Ships, Small Stone Recordings. It's their second album. Okay. I think I came across this on Bandcamp at one point. I've been sitting on this for a while, ever since they, they announced it in pretty early, like I think March or April, mm-hmm. and I bookmarked it and oh, right. came out in September. I want to say September 25th, but I'm not entirely sure. I swear I, I stumbled across it not that long ago, like looking in. I did when I discovered uh, the like a band I was going to do for this podcast actually pushed their release back to ah. next year. The Electric Mud is a four-piece out of Florida, and they are... An old school bluesy 70s metal band mixed with some 80s guitar work and some little bit of sludge and some mm-hmm. prog and some accents of the desert. Yep. They're kind of like a combination of everything. The first song is First Murder on Mars. It sounds like a fucking OC's I can see outtake that before it gets yeah. into a little more traditional uh, vibe. Um, I like this song. I would say it's actually what you're looking at. No, I had like a, a piece of paper where I wrote down my favorite song because I was like doing something and I didn't bring it with me. But I would say um, First Murder on Mars is actually the weakest song in the album because I like other songs a lot more. Uh, my favorite song in the album is Reptile, which like moves a bit quicker. It's a bit more, it has a bit more of an 80s vibe, especially mm-hmm. in the opening. The, Reptile is where I realized that this album, especially with the vocal cadence, reminds me a lot of Clutch. Uh, certainly, the the singer does. Um, at other times, it I doesn't remind me. Thought of that, yeah. Um, a bit like you know okay. other southern rock bands like Sword. Um, I know it's almost my favorite. But anyway, Reptile. Um, this nutso, almost hailing metal guitar ride in the middle, and then like two bits towards the end, it slows down into this very heavy meandering doom coda and it's like something you'd almost hear put out by like a norwegian death metal band you see that like very bluesy not quite like something sleep would do because it has a little like the edges are a little too sharp yeah call the judge is very anthem-esque it's almost proggy it's very guitar driven in the bridge you can kind of see multiple influences uh loved it uh priestess that's my favorite song was priestess the one like it almost like uh, it's a very all them witches a little bit in the witch i think so because I, yeah, that's when I wrote down, because I listened to the whole thing, I had it in the background, and that was when my ears perked up. I don't know why, but for yeah. some reason I started paying more attention to yeah, it. Yeah, Priestess was a really good one. And it ends with Terrestrial Birds, and just not to disappoint us, it opens with some good old-fashioned space rock. <laughs> so you get a lot here. You actually don't get a tremendous amount, if any, psychedelic no, in this album, you. which is, you know, 
refreshing, I guess. They slightly remind me of... Do you remember Black Rainbows when I... Yes. They were somewhat like that, but I think Black Rainbows had a little bit more psych in it, but mm-hmm. it slightly remind me of that. Remind me of Scavengers when... Didn't you yeah. do Scavengers? Scavengers, a I little thought bit, of. Um, but more bluesy kind a of. A little bit like uh, Druid, The Sword, if, you know, except they didn't write about fucking D&D shit. <laughs> a heavier, like I said, a heavier clutch. You know, you can throw any of it. Like, they cite Almond Brothers and uh, Skinnerd. Yeah, I did As see influences, that. but every band in that fucking part of the country is influenced by the Allman Brothers and Skinner, directly or indirectly. So yeah, I really like this album. You know, Electric Mud sounds like something that'd be on the fucking Muppet Show. Electric like, Mud. Now the Electric Mud, and it'd be like, ooh, it's that, you know what time of year it is. Electric Mud time. time for Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Oh, and yeah. The, the River Bottom Nightmare Band, the <laughs> most metal band ever, <laughs> has a fish that swims up and down. I don't know if I ever saw them in honor. Maybe when I was really little. <gasps> Lose Matt. You never saw. Oh. I think I did when I was very young. They don't play don't feel it like anymore. it's on that much. Yeah, yeah they don't so. play it anymore. Maybe we'll do a review next time of Emmett Otter's. Jim so Rangers. look what page I'm on in my notebook. You're almost at ooh last. I am done this notebook yeah, that we started. Ships. Um, so are you done with? Uh, I am done with uh, the electric mud. Soul Glow. Songs to Yeet at the Sun. They came out in November. They're from Philly. I've seen them play live a couple times. Off a of Secret Voice, they're a four-piece, and they started in 2014. They're hardcore punk. They're kind of grindcore at times. They're hip-hop. They're the rap rock. Let's try to say it the whitest as I could. But yeah, the first time I saw them, I went to see Infest at the uh, church, and they played... And they were, they were good. They were never like anything to blow me away, but I yeah. really enjoyed this EP. I have this all. I bought it on vinyl, and I and then I bought it on um, uh, Bandcamp just yeah. to have it because it didn't come off a download mm-hmm. code because I'm old. But anyway, I really like this release. It's really good. Um, the first is five, four or five songs. First song is Quietly Do the Right Thing. And it's like, Mah! and then just goes like right into the song. Yeah, this, uh... Very like DC hardcore mm-hmm. feeling. It's awesome. It's like fast as fuck at times. But then it like just slows down. There's just so much musically kind yeah. of going on. It reminds me a little bit of the of Dangers. Like when I've mm-hmm. done Dangers before. And like at times filth, but a lot of stuff reminds me of filth. 29. They talk about Lexapro a whole bunch. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed there's like a piano solo. And it's supposed to be like Great Balls of Fire. Oh, really? I yeah, it's like really, oh, really weird. weird. It's a really cool song. As I said, it reminds me of another Danger song because it's kind of like musically mm-hmm. all over the place. I really like his vocals are kind of up and down. At times, I would say like it reminds me of like HR from the Bad Brains. Like, yeah. But then I'm like, am I thinking that because they're a mostly all black band or whatever? Mm-hmm. But like I do get that DC feel from them. 2K featuring Arch Archangel, which is uh, more or less a hip-hop song with like old school hardcore going yeah. through it i really like the beats it's just catchy and fun it's really cool it's like a longer song it's i don't know it really works i, I like that old school like hip-hop feel mm-hmm. um i'm not so much into like today's hip-hop yeah. but i i like it mathed up is like a hardcore noise rap grindcore music it's like all over the place but it just works and i'm on probation is like straight up hardcore punk it almost reminds me a little bit of gulch when i review gulch mm-hmm. or whatever but I fucking love it. I think it's great. As I said, it's they're a hardcore punk band with like a bunch of different sounds incorporated into them. As I said, a hip hop, like grindcore yeah. at times, a little sludge. And it's only 12 minutes and it's a little crazy and mm-hmm. fun. I think Pitchfork even gave it eight stars oh, out of Pitchfork 10. Pitchfork hates everything. I know. I was surprised when I saw that. 
But yeah, I, I really like Soul Glow. I went into Bandcamp and bought like one of their other releases. Um, I got their first release after I saw them live. I was like, oh, these guys are pretty cool. But yeah, like check that out. Like they're just different, and you know, it's always cool to support the Philly scene. Yeah. So. No, I was funny because after your first two choices, and then you're like, oh, <laughs> I was like, and I listened to this one third, and I was like, ah, <laughs> she's back, go. she's back yep, to it. We're back. I don't know if you listen to all the like the the hip hop song's really cool. I literally well, like that. I didn't listen to it all. I listened to most or some here and there. I was walking. Cool. Need to get my walkies in because it was such a miserable day. Yeah, it's been a miserable week. So uh, miserable year, motherfucker. Yes, we get it. So there was uh, one piece of news that's interesting and potentially culture shifting that I want to talk to you about. Okay. The announcement that Warner Brothers is moving all their there, you didn't hear this? Mm-mm. Oh, Warner Brothers is putting all their 2021 releases on HBO Max next year. Really? So, yeah. Huh. This sort of begs the question. Is that Wonder Woman and shit? Wonder Woman, Dune, The Matrix 4. I guess with theaters at their weakest, Warner Brothers making this choice, with Disney certainly having the means to do something similar if they chose. Yeah. What do you think this means for movies, Jamie? Apparently the vaccine is going to be ready, what, next week? This is what... um December 5th, they're saying what, maybe by the 15th of December. Yeah. Obviously, we're not on the front lines, mm-hmm. and it's going to be very limited. Yeah. But I I don't think, they're saying maybe by June that a good proportion mm-hmm. of the American public would be vaccinated. Yeah. I'd almost say, say that they're not expecting anything to go back to pre-COVID till at least after the summer, maybe. Yeah. Which is kind of... So I think... And like, when's your biggest... Movie summer, yeah. Is summer. And they've already lost one. So I've been thinking about this. Do you think movies go away? As in theaters? I don't think so. But I think these... Like, is Oaks 24 going to be able to sustain that? Like, I think it's going to have to be like a small... Like, something like the Colonial. The Colonial's yeah. in big trouble. They need like $150,000 for their closing. Oh, really? Wow. Which I can't see happening. Mm-hmm. And I think, unfortunately, all their expansion kind of has hurt them now. Yeah. But I think... The theaters that maybe had like eight screens or something could mm-hmm. be okay. I don't know. I guess it depends so on when. So I think, I mean, the first problem is it's been, yeah. like the Regals shut down. The Regals are like, like all the theaters are hemorrhaging money, but I think the Regals were very close to going bankrupt. Yeah. And that's sort of the problem. It's been prolonged enough whether they'll survive. We'll have to do that. I could see. Well, these multiplexes, like, you know, they yeah. worked for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because people are like, like, I'm not ready to go to the movies. Well, remember, like, multiplexes died, like, years ago, and they came back, like, recently. Well, yeah. last, like, 30 years, 20 years. But now you're seeing more drive-ins. People are starting yeah. to want to do the drive-ins. But I guess, I guess... How uh, long is that going to last, though, you know? Yeah, well, like, you know, you're going to see a drive-in, like, in December, this type of thing. Yeah. Well, I guess my point of view is, like, if the, if the studios don't need the theaters anymore, if they're just going to bypass the theaters... Yeah. I mean, that's sort of the other thing is the the movies need the studios more than the studios need the movies at this point. Well, is it going to be more like movie tavern stuff where it's going to be like you get your dinner, like the, like movie tavern kind of fosters two families or like a dinner date type thing mm-hmm. that you're doing like two in one, which they could do okay, maybe. I don't know. It's interesting. See, I could see. I like going to the theaters. Movies. I do too. Well, not this year. Because you get infected with me. <laughs> but, like, I see indie theaters, like, you know, like, revival theaters surviving. Well, I mean, I like the, that sucks about the Colonial. Yeah. Uh, they'll put a fucking Starbucks or some horrible shit in there. 
And the fact that, you know, people, like, will take their kids to the movies just to get the kids out of the fucking house. Yeah, like, I enjoy, like, I would take Victor to the movies. Mm-hmm. I love going to the movies. Like, mm-hmm. you know that. And I like taking Victor to the movies. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just something I always enjoy doing. Like, um, I'm not that much of a people person, mm-hmm. but I just like the whole experience of movie going. And Now, the thing about, like, the 24, the, the Oaks... I mean, they they should they used to show so many Bollywood movies. That, well, that helped them, yeah. Yeah. So who knows? It was just something I thought because it was like I saw that news. I was like, oh, that's it for movies. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see that. It's interesting. An interesting um, take. Yeah. Well, look, think of like live music. Are you when are you ready to go to see a concert? I don't know. Is, is live music going to be there when we're ready? That's, what twenty twenty two? I would see. I know, like John Waters. How we're supposed to see him at the Colonial yeah. if it's there it come mm-hmm. May? I wouldn't mind that if it's done in the right setting. And there's enough precautions. Like, I don't think Mark would go. Yeah. You know how much they oversell, like, live music venues? Like, yeah. are, they're not going to be able... Like, they could do it, but, like, mm-hmm. I don't really feel comfortable being my right on top of no people. I'll be vaccinated. <laughs> well, I'd get, I would probably get vaccinated. Yeah. I'd probably have to, too. Yeah. If I want to go to a clinical location, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'd have to get mm-hmm. vaccinated. But um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Woo! Pittering hey, out, putter putter. Anything putter, else putter, exciting? Putter. I do have one more thing I want to share. Go um, ahead. Watch it. Anything? I think we talked about this, but not on the air. Um, good place. I finally finished the Good Place yeah. season four. Um, you said to me it was different, mm-hmm. and I agree with you. The first like three or four episodes, I was like, this just doesn't have the same flow. Like one thing that was super charming about the show was just how funny Kirsten, uh, Kristen Bell is, yeah, and how she's just like off the cuff Mm -hmm. just says shit that will make you laugh and just like there was nothing like that with her and I guess it was drawing upon her being like nervous with Chidi and stuff Mm -hmm. Um, and then I thought like the end they made her back into character like they made everyone back in character but it was just kind of sad I like part of me was like man that was like a kind of a bummer ending but at the same time it was probably the best way to end it yeah that's what I thought what if they ended it would people be pissed off if then it turned out it's another, like, bad place situation, like, you go through the end up in the bad place. Well, I would guess you just kind of go back to Earth or something. I did like what they did with Michael, how he mm-hmm. just, like, like... Becomes a dude. It becomes a dude, and he's like, keep it sleazy. Like, yeah. I, I thought it was pretty mm-hmm. cool. We did a good job with it. All right, so I've been watching uh, this competition show called Zumbo's Just Desserts. Okay. I'm not super into food. I'm not into competition shows generally, but they're easy to watch, especially when you have a kidney stone. And I watched, uh, like, I have another one to talk about some other time. But it's it's a cooking show, dessert-based cooking show. It's Australian. Ooh. So Zumbo's Australian. He, um, all the contestants are Australian. Bunch of uggos. <laughs> As opposed to America, where I feel like they'd, uh, you know, they cast for comeliness as well as talent. Not a bunch of uggos, but yeah, a bunch of uggos. The reason I'm bringing this up is, are you familiar with the I don't like it, I love it gag? I don't remember. So, so say something you like. Um, I like um, pizza. I don't like it. I love it. This is a very common trope. Okay, well I don't really, pizza, I don't love pizza. But... <laughs> it's not, that's beside the fucking point. Kittens. I love kittens. I don't like kittens. I love kittens. So, but usually they'll be tested someone and they'll fake someone out like that. Yeah. So like, you know, like, ooh, this cherry tart. You're like, I don't like this cherry tart. I love it. You can see it coming like a mile away. Yeah. So I was watching an episode. They were cooking with whatever. 
And Zumbo and the other judge, they, they're tasting it. And the one candidate is there who's a, a quote-unquote concreter. Mm-hmm. I think he's like a construction guy. But he's he's probably the best cook there. There's something we're going on. Anyway, he's like, did you taste this? And he goes, were you asleep when you taste this? Is the guy's like getting worried? And then he goes, Simon, I don't like it. And he pauses. And he pauses so long, uh, it was really uncomfortable. The guy starts to tear up. Legitimately, he's about to break out in tears. And he goes, I loved it. And the guy, like, he starts, like, he's like, oh, thank God. But he's, like, legitimately crying. It was so fucking uncomfortable. I feel like it's something, like, they would never let that happen in American TV. But I was like, wow, that is amazing. I did watch a a show that was kind of like House Hunters for RVs. This sounds familiar. It's called like RV something yeah. on like a Smithsonian channel or some bullshit like that. But um, you can get like a really fucking nice rolling apartment mm-hmm. for like less than $50,000. Ah. So I'm like, yeah, I should just get in a fucking it's, RV, man. It's a lot of people's dreams. Yeah, there's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So I was watching that, but it gets a little old after like watching four in a row. Because there's not a lot to... Well, they're like, well, I need a... a you know, it's always like these really tall dudes, and they're like about to hit their head when they go in the shower. Yeah, That's, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, no. thrilling, cool. riveting. Thrilling. Yeah, let's. Uh, I guess call it a wrap. Yeah, let's call it a wrap. Yes, freestyle. Yeah. Take off your bra. <laughs> anyway, folks, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.